Hello, and welcome to Mind Body Greens Beauty Podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Greens Beauty Director, Alexandra Engler. On today's episode, I have on two guests who I'm very excited to speak with because I haven't seen their brand everywhere, and I can't wait to dig in more on how they captured such a moment in the beauty zeitgeist. The brand is something that you may have seen. I know we've written about it on our site and you've probably seen it around on social media. Um, it is ourself. It is this really cool biotech brand that I just can't wait to learn more about. Uh, so today I am having on Lauren Atsuki and Vimla Black Gupta the founders of the brand to share their story and uh, introduce them, you know, the, the brand and themselves to, to the Mind Body Green Clean Beauty School community. So welcome. Thank you for having us. Hi, I'm Lauren Atsuki. Nice to meet everyone. And I'm Demo Black Gupta. Fantastic. So, you know, I always love to start the episode by allowing uh, my guests to let us get to know you a little bit better. What is your journey into the beauty industry? Um, you know, Lauren, why don't you start first? Okay, well, I, you know, my background, um, I have a degree in biochemistry, and I've been in the biotech world probably for the last 25 plus years, founding and funding small biotech companies, mostly drugs, devices, and diagnostics. Um, and along the way, we, um, my uh, co-founder and partner, Scott Glenn, um, who is the big idea guy. Um, we uh, had the good fortune to uh, work on um, a, a company called Skin Medica that had beauty products for the doctor's office. You guys may uh, be aware of them. And then we, several years later, we also founded another company called Elastin Skincare that was um, a doctor's office brand as well. Very Both very successful. Um, uh, science back, but maybe not as much science as we have in, in ourself.com. And, um, and then we saw the opportunity to bring a little bit more of biotech into skincare. And that's sort of the, the, the beginning idea behind, uh, ourself and the ourself product line. Bimla, I would love to hear your story. I know a little bit of it from reading, but would love to hear from, from your words. Yes, you know, I would say my journey in the beauty world actually started probably when I was born. I was always sort of obsessed with anything having to do with grooming or beauty. Um, but truly, you know, my um, background in beauty really started in my early days at Gillette working on the Venus brand. That was the first time that really a beauty brand sort of came into the shaving world where it was a crazy thought, let's design a razor actually designed for women versus just taking a men's razor and saying for women. Um, so I really say my journey started there, but then it certainly continued, um, you know, as I stayed on at the company uh, when it became Procter & Gamble. And then um, I was at Estee Lauder for a little over a decade where I had the great fortune of working on new innovation as well as on the fabulous uh, global makeup brand, Bobby Brown. And then went on to continue my world in beauty and wellness, um, quite frankly, when I became the CMO of Equinox. And that was really at a time I always had this philosophy that wellness was beauty and beauty is wellness. But really, by the time I got to Equinox, was actually solidified in consumers' brains. Um, and then have continued that journey, I would argue, with ourselves, which is taking that intersection of beauty and wellness to another world 
where it's really starting to look at how consumers look at addressing beauty quite holistically um, beyond just sort of skincare all the way into sort of the medical aesthetics world. So thrilled to be here and uh, big fan of MindBody. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I always like to ask this question because I think it sets up the tone for the rest of the conversation. And I'm curious to see how um, both of you will answer. But what is your beauty philosophy? Okay, well, so <laughs> I, I think Bimla and I like to say we're all natural girls. Um, aging with grace is sort of my philosophy. I don't use any makeup whatsoever. Um, but I think Beautiful skin, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. This is all ourself.com. I mean, uh, <laughs> it, it does great things for your skin. Um, yeah, so aging with grace, you know, I want to look the best that I can. Um, I, I personally believe that having um, a good skincare regimen and great skincare products um, is the best way to look good without, you know, more serious intervention. And more serious intervention is not for me, so... Um, that's why I like, uh, you know, developing skincare products and things that things, things like the products that Elastin and, and ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and Lauren and I share a similar philosophy. Yes, we're both natural girls. Um, but the reality is, is for me, you know, I'm very, very conscious of my skincare and very conscious of my skin. And I am certainly looking at all of the wrinkles and hyperpigmentation that are sort of that are emer that have emerged or emerging but i'm one who actually wants to stave off having to go into using something much more invasive and i only use ourself.com because it keeps me from that doctor's chair um, because for the first time i've actually been able to use skincare that actually gives me visible results um and, you know, I like the way I look like I want to I just want to look like a better version of myself. I do. Yeah, I, I love both of your answers. And I I love that idea of like, I like the way I look. I just, you know, I don't I don't want to change anything. I think sometimes, especially now uh, with social media, I feel like so many people feel so much pressure to make tweakments and adjust things and, you know, uh, alter their faces in some way. And I just I don't know. I. I no judgment on what anybody does, of course, but it's, um, I, I think we need to be okay with how we look and we just, we want to be ourselves just, uh, you know, healthier. Um, so uh, that's all to say, I certainly agree with both of those philosophies. Um, I want to get into the biotech of it all. Uh, I, I think lately, uh, we have seen, uh, uh, this m really beautiful marriage of biotech and beauty. And of course, biotech has had an influence in beauty for, you know, years. But I, I think we're just seeing such a heightened version of that uh, right now. And I think the consumer is also much more aware of it right now, which I think is adding an interesting dynamic. Um, and so, you know, I'm curious as as a brand that is, you know, this, this marriage of the two, why do you think that we're seeing this in such a big way? Like what's happening in the beauty atmosphere and environment that kind of um, is, is heightening this, this relationship? What, basically, why now? You know, my thoughts on that are that, that 
and and Demla said this over and over again, the consumer really wants something that works. And the only way to get to something that works it, you know, with with um skincare regimens and products is to really take a very much more comprehensive look at what is driving the the causes behind the common skincare concerns, whether it's lines and wrinkles, sagging, or skin discoloration. And um, I think that is the essence of what biotech brings to beauty right now is this analytical comprehensive look more at you know root causes what are the receptors what's the pathway why is this happening and how can we intervene and it 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 requires a knowledge of the you know the anatomy the physiology and the biochemistry of what's going on and enough innovation and creation of, of new reagent or want to call them reagents, new ingredients that can address these concerns rather than just to pick up the ones that are commercially available. And that's that's what we bring. We are at the heart on the R&D side, very biotech oriented. So we have no, we're not bashful about, um, you know, creating a new ingredient, understanding how to, how to optimize it, creating assays, doing all of the things that you would do um, on the biotech side and just bringing that knowledge and approach to, um, to these things, to skincare. And I, I think it's driven by the market, but I think the solution to how to address what the market needs is to bring this technology in. Interesting. And, you know, I am curious about and you mentioned this a little bit, like the mindset and how the mindset is a little different and the approach. Um, I just want to dive in a little bit deeper in, into that thought because I do think that is uh, at the root of why biotech beauty brands do seem so innovative and do seem so exciting is because it's bringing a new and fresh perspective in, into the industry. Um, and so as somebody who does have this, you know, long uh, background in biotech, like, how does somebody who works in your field approach product formulation and skincare issues differently than somebody who might be, you know, uh, um, traditionally from a more, you know, uh, traditional beauty background, you know, like what, what's the difference there? Well, I believe um, that, you know, when we were, we were formulating the ideas behind um, ourselves, we said to ourselves that there are, are basically two things that we have to be able to do. One is we need to be able to make sure that all of the great ingredients that we create can get to where they need to get to in the skin. And that, to me, is one big fundamental uh, difference between the way traditional skincare has approached using ingredients and the way the biotech people approach things, right? Uh, there's a lot of jargon that, that biotech people use to evaluate whether uh, their ingredients or their compounds or their drug substances get and engage the target. And it, it's it's not an approach that has been used in skincare. And how do you solve that? You need to have um, uh, a, a great formulation 
slash delivery system that makes sure that these ingredients can can get past the the barrier of your skin. Your skin is an amazing barrier. It right, it keeps everything that's water soluble out. It's meant to do that. It's meant to protect you. But to get some of these new ingredients in, you have to be able to cross it. And that's a challenge. Um, and then what is it that you're um, that you that you're exposing your skin to, you need to be sure that these ingredients mean something that that when they get in, that they're actually um, that they're actually targeted to the concern you're focused on. Um, and and I, I think that's that's going to the root cause of what is causing sagging, for instance. What is causing what is causing skin discoloration? There are many things that cause this. You know, I didn't know that much about skin when I started out in all of this, but I have learned an incredible amount because there are dermatologists, plastic surgeons, a lot of people in the industry that know all about um, the physiology, the anatomy, and the biochemistry of your skin. And um, you have to put those pieces together to solve these problems. Yeah. I I think what you said about the delivery system is really interesting. Um, And, you know, uh, to your point, I think. Uh, for a long time in the beauty industry, you know, the the means of formulating was, oh, we'll just put this ingredient in a base formula and kind of call it a day. And there wasn't necessarily the, uh, there wasn't the same rigor to ensure that that ingredient was actually going to be doing what what it theoretically could do. Um, and so I, I think that's a really important point to highlight because I think, I think sometimes uh, the consumer just, they pick up a product and they think, oh, well, it says it has X ingredient in it. It must do Y. And that doesn't always, that equation doesn't always equal out. Yeah. It has to get there first. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. A really, really great example of this is all of the hype around hyaluronic acid products, right? We've been teaching uh, our consumers that HA is, is a great thing for your skin. HA is also an incredibly polar, which means it's very water-soluble. And what does water do? It's repelled by your skin. Okay. So these, these HA products that are out there are great at, at creating surface hydration, but they aren't getting to the place in the skin where the problem is actually occurring, which is inside the layers of the skin. And that's the big, big, big difference between what we do with our HA product and what is done with many of the other ones that are out there on the market. You probably, I'm hoping that you've tried HA replenishing serum. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah, incredible. Yeah. So you, and you see it's a, it's a, it's a, um, a creamy, um, a creamy uh, product, white, and most of the HA uh, products that you see on the market um, at least many of the early ones are clear, and that's what that's what HA looks like when it's dissolved in water. It's clear and a little thicker than water. Great surface hydration, very little penetration. <laughs> so I think I think I think that's you know that's how we think about it. We think about not only what does what is the ingredient supposed to do, why is it important to to your skin health, and then. How do we get it to where it needs to go? Yeah. 
I, I can't wait to get into the mechanisms behind the delivery system. But while we're kind of on this topic of newness, I, I do have a question uh, that has to do with how we talk about newness in the beauty industry. Um, Vimla, you have uh, a long career in the beauty industry. And, you know, I think I think the beauty industry loves to talk about things that are new. And, you know, we, as a beauty editor, I'm constantly looking for newness. I'm constantly looking for things that I can talk about um, that seem, um, you know, brand new to the market. Um, but a lot of times it, the innovation doesn't necessarily like match up to the way we talk about it, right? What was it about ourselves, and what was it about what you guys are doing with the formulas that felt different, that actually felt like innovation? And, and honestly, like, how do you, how do you talk about that in a way that relays that? Because I actually think it's a challenge because we do pretend like everything is so new all the time. <laughs> Does that make sense? A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, for me, I'm going to make this a very simplistic answer. At the end, end, end of the day, people believe what they see, right? And it's results. And that's not new, right? That people believe what they see, it's results. What's new, though, is that we're actually a company. And this is what it what 100% sealed the deal for me is that we are a company that um, we're not going to tell you what we do and ask you to believe us. We're going to show you what we do and the way, and we put our money where our mouth is so much. We make a significant investment in the development of our products, right? The development of our ingredients, right? We, we develop them ourselves. We make sure that they're, they're, they're the right ingredient for the problem they need to solve. And then we put a lot of money into ensuring that they go to where they need to go to. And then we put even more money on proving it. And the proof is with the consumer. So we invest an extraordinary amount of money, more than anyone in the beauty industry, on doing clinical trials, making sure that we see results both instantly and in the long term, and, and are showing you markers along the way. And I really mean that because at the end of the day, people believe what they see. So what's new about what we're doing is we're actually um, giving the proof. We're putting money behind the proof. And then in terms of the language, we need to make sure we've got the language that certainly, to your point, is innovative language and speaks to the innovation, but also people need to understand what they read. And so it's this combination of they believe what they see, they and they have to understand what they read. And so how do we not give them a lot of hocus-pocus language, but real language that talks to sort of the gravity of what we're doing? but in a way that a consumer can understand. And so it's a, it's a hard balance, right? Because part of it is we are creating new nomenclature that's specific to us, like our subtopical, you know, um, you know, technology, right? It's this idea of, you know, we do to Lauren's point, like what we're taking from that, the biotech world is like, we're, we're providing a delivery system to get these ingredients that we're creating that are designed to solve the problem um, that they're intended to solve, but that they, then they have like a way to get there. Right. And so um, it's not a layup. It's not easy to do. But what we do know is we trust the consumer um, is smarter than we are. And they are looking at these clinicals and they and we don't we're not, you know, we don't uh, uh, we don't obfuscate anything. We're not doctoring anything up. These are real people, real results. And so, you know, we, we bank on the consumer's intellect, which is incredibly high and discerning. Yes, yes. The consumer is incredibly well educated and is becoming increasingly so. 
Um, and I think one thing that I, uh, I, I know about our audience and what I like to acknowledge about our audience at Mind Body Green specifically is like we have a really, really well educated audience and we have an audience that wants to know all this stuff. Um, and I find that like the most insulting thing you can do is like talk down to them and like talk down to, you know, the people that you're ultimately like trying to serve. And like, I just, I don't know who, like, it's just not helpful to anybody. Like, I know that they're smart enough to understand this stuff because they show it to me. They ask me the questions, they do all the things. And I do find that the beauty consumer is just such a heightened uh, threshold for this stuff than I think we realized, you know, 10 years ago. Do you find that to be the case? Yeah. Lauren and I always joke, I always say to Lauren, I was like, you realize that the consumer has a PhD in skincare. They do. They do. They will go down the rabbit hole of information and they will go to the end of the earth. And, and why? And I think going back to your point, why now? Well, A, there's a, we're now in a part, we're in a moment in our world where you can get information on anything, right? Information is wildly, widely developed, you know, available. But also consumers are acutely aware of the potential of what they can do to actually improve their skin, right? They can go all the way to the end, which is much more invasively, which, you know, we're all about you do you. My concern with going more invasively for me is I actually want to look like myself. And along that journey of going invasively, I don't necessarily come out a better version of myself. I just look like someone else, right? But for someone who actually wants to look like the best version of themselves, it's, it's actually attainable, right? And it is attainable if you are using the right products. Um, and we really stand behind ourselves as a brand that we will be able to deliver that for you and be a true alternative. Yeah. Okay, we've been kind of talking about this delivery system uh, throughout the episode so far, but let's let's get into that. Um, I I would love if you could just give me give us an overview of what makes it so different. <laughs> well, it, it, it's um, a system that that came out of um, um, a university up in Canada, and it was used. The, an early version of it was used to deliver antivirals, topical antivirals. And so we were, we, as we formed the company, went out and looked at probably four different types of technologies that could um, deliver different um, proteins and peptides and small molecules to into the skin. And this was the, the winner out of four. Um, and this formulation has a lot of lipids. It's really an interesting balance of, of the charges of not only, so, so, you know, um, all molecules have, uh, an inherent positive or negative charge to them, whether they're, um, you know, no matter what kind of molecules they are, and we have to put the right uh, charge balance with them in order to make them um, something that will literally just melt into your skin. And and that's that's the science of the formulation is balancing all of those things so that and it's a it's a very different base formulation, if you will, for something like hyaluronic acid that's very large, right? very large, 250,000 molecular weight is the size of HA that we use. Um, it's also 
you know, not, you have to have large in order to have good water holding capacity, good hydration. Um, and that, because it's large and it's very polar, meaning it's very, wants to be in water, so it doesn't want to go through your skin. So balancing that against something that's much, much smaller, maybe a thousand molecular weight peptide, it is a very different formulation. Um, so, uh, so we don't have one formulation, but we have a technology that allows you to understand how to balance all of this stuff to come up with the right um, the right product that will that will um, that will penetrate the skin. And then we we test all of these things in the laboratory as well. As, and we do a lot of um, characterization of 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 the ingredients as well as of the formulation itself before we ever try them on any people. Yeah. So, I mean, what you're saying is I, something that I do love to highlight quite a bit because this sounds, it's, I think when people think about product formulation, they think it to be, and I certainly did before I got into the nitty gritty of product formulation, but they think it to be, you know, if you do, this step and then this step and then this step, you're guaranteed to have this outcome. And the way you're describing it, it's much more of a fluid art, you know, and it's about like figuring out how all the pieces come together. And it's, it's not as straightforward as I think people tend to think product formulation is, it can be really challenging. (laughs) Well, particularly doing something innovative, right? Like if it's a very straightforward off the shelf formula, there's a pretty direct path. And that's what a lot of new brands use, right? Because it's easy and predictable. And yeah, I think that, you know, for all of our hero skews, we we use some specialized techniques, too. So we, um, you know, make uh, these incredibly um, uh, uniform small emulsions, then we mix them with other, th- I mean, it, it, there, there is a process to the whole formulation, but the ingredients that the, the other parts of the formulation that go in are tailored to the, to the key ingredient. And, and it, it, it's, uh, because there are some, um, techniques that we use that are commonly used in the pharma industry, but are not at all available in, um, in the cosmetic industry. We have put a manufacturing facility in Carlsbad, California, and we make all of the, the, the bulk um, product for our, our hero skews in our facility in Carlsbad, you know, so we're, we're, we are controlling all of that. It is actually a fairly technical manufacturing process. Yeah, I mean, it certainly sounds like it. Um, You know, you mentioned peptides earlier, and I love talking about peptides. I think that um, we, there's so much to be discovered about, you know, various peptides. And I want to talk about, you know, the peptides that you, that you're using. Um, What, what makes them unique? And, you know, what, what are they targeting? So we have different peptides for different, um, um, purposes. Um, if you were to, f- let's just take as an example, our daily dark spot intercept. So this is the product that, um, that is for, uh, pigment, pigmentation uniformity. So it, it knocks down redness in your skin as well as, uh, uh brown color. And there, there are, 
several different peptides and compounds in there, but one of the unique uh, proprietary peptides is one that is directed against a certain receptor on uh, the melanocyte. The melanocyte's the, the cell in your epidermis that actually makes the brown color pigment. And um, by knowing what the pathway for the production of melanin is, you can then decide, oh, this is an interesting place to maybe stop that uh, color formation from happening. And so that's so then you look at what is the what's the receptor that what's how is the signal propagated in your skin? And, and once you know what the receptor is, then you can, this, and this is a little bit biotechish, right? A lot of these receptors have all been cloned and their structures are available in, in a generally um, usable database. And this the sort of thing that biotech people do all the time. They download the structure, look at peptides that, that might um, interact and design their peptides based on the the receptor or the target, and that's that's how our how our peptides are designed. Um, many times we will look at a, um, a starting point proteins or peptides as a place to start, and then we we have to have a way to judge whether we're making our peptides more or less potent. So those are laboratory assays that we have to develop. Um, we have to define the structure of what we've got for so that we make sure from a quality perspective, every time we synthesize, I mean, they're easy to synthesize, but you, and we have uh, vendors that do that, but then you have to make sure that what they've made is the right sequence, it's the right purity, and it has the right bioactivity. Um, Right. Those are all things that are our responsibility. So and I would say that's that that whole structure to do that is unique to us. I mean, this sounds like such an intensive process. Like I'm listening to this and I'm like, wow, this sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it is. But it's also, um, you know, it's it it's techniques that have been developed and utilized for 20 years in another area. And there are you know, the, the R&D team that we have is very good at using these tools. Uh, so, you know, it's, it is what happens in the biotech sector. So it's, it's kind of transplanting that knowledge and that way of thinking to another industry. And I think that's the exciting part about this <laughs> from a technology perspective. I mean, it is very exciting. And, you know, I think, um, I, I I asked you about peptides specifically just because I think that uh, the emerging technology and, um, you know, just all of the new research coming about various new peptides and et cetera, et cetera, is just like deeply fascinating. And it's also something that I think is like um, an area that I feel that I am still learning quite a bit about just um, and, you know, all the various peptides that are out there that can do various things within the body. I think it's, um, I think it's an area of study that um, is, uh, there's just so much to explore there. Yeah. And Alexandra I would add to that. I, I super agree. And I think what also makes me supremely excited about this, uh, this, this company and what we're doing, which I've never seen before in my life is you're right. In addition to everything that happened with peptides, like what we're doing in peptides is like, 
truly unique, right? And sort of our approach to sort of evaluating, creating them, evaluating them, and then putting them to use in products. But it's, it's not just the peptides we're working on. We're working on HA, which HA is truly the holy grail. And, and, and I say HA is the truly the holy grail because HA, despite being widely available right now, you go to Rite Aid, CVS, get any, any product that puts HA. To Lauren's earlier point, it's just, you know, it's, it's a lipid. It's just nice. It's surface hydrates and surface hydration is great. But when you want to get into the layers of the skin, that is the innovation and technology we bring. So we are truly a biotech skincare powerhouse and that we bring so much innovation to HA, which is, you know, the most fabulous, you know, probably one of the most fabulous technologies to ever come about for skincare in addition to what we're able to do on peptides. Well, then let's let's talk a little bit more about HA then. And like when, you know, when you guys were setting out to to create this company, you know, what was it, what was it about HA that was calling you? Like why, what was so special about it, you know? And like, why was that this group of ingredients that, you know, this ingredient that you're just like, okay, we have to tackle this. Like we have to figure out how to make it, you know, uh, deliver into the skin and like deeply effective. Well, you know, HA is is um, endogenous, meaning it is in your skin, and it is what provides um, the the hydrating power and the moisturizing within the layers of your skin. So, so that's number one. Um, I think number two is that in terms of needs, um, it, it you know there are sort of two gigantic markets in the minimally invasive. Right, there's sort of the the deep wrinkle market served by the toxins and whatnot. And then there's the filler market, which is all about um, plumping, plumping, right? Plumping your skin, whatever. And, you know, so that's one of the reasons that we were looking very much at this HA market because it gets to the prop, it gets to the root cause of, of what's happening. As you age, um, you know, there are sort of two things that happen. One is, you know, there are fat pads on top of the muscle in your skin, uh, in your face. And with time, they, they, they go, they dissolve, they go away. And that's the underlying structure that your skin is draped over. And if you don't, you know, so you can get sagging. At the same time that that's happening, the terrible double whammy of nature is that your skin is also losing an incredible amount of HA starting, you know, by the time you're in your 20s. By the time you get to my age, you just don't have any left right? <laughs> unless you replace it. So, um, um, and that HA is what provides the hydration, the homeostasis in your skin, that keeps your fibroblasts pumping out all of the good things that they pump out. So if you don't address that, then you you really sort of have to address both. I mean, I like to say, you know, even if you're using fillers in your face, if you're not using HA replenishing on your skin, you're not treating the other half of the problem. Sure. No, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And HA is amazing stuff because it imparts the smoothness, the flexibility, the, all of these things into your skin. Well, and, you know, to your point that it is something obviously our skin makes, but then it decreases over time. Like, I think there was there's a study 
that um, I referenced in a story uh, that says, you know, by the time we're like 50 or something like that, we have like half of the HA that we're born with. I mean, that is a shocking statistic. Half? (laughs) And largely it's because, so the HA is made by the fibroblasts in your skin. And they just kind of start slowing down after, they also stop making um, elastin and collagen. So (laughs) it's like when those cells aren't happy and producing a lot of the normal cell cell products, they, they, you know, your skin just goes downhill. And you're absolutely right. By the time you're you're 50 and I'm well over 50, um, your skin is just simply not producing as much. Now, there are also enzymes in your skin that degrade everything that you are producing. And and as luck would have it, they don't degrade as fast as the the supply of of HA, which is, you know, that's hardly fair, but that's just the way it is. Okay, so I... But, you know, to your point, Alexander, if I could just add, I mean, and I I just love this conversation. I feel I could talk all day. So interesting and relevant. But Alexander, to your point of, you know, yes, by the time you're 50, you're, you know, your HA is at least down by half. And what marketers, skincare marketers are preying on is that you've got that thought in your head. So I'm going to slap on the fact that my product has HA in it, and that's going to be your cure. And then the reality is, is what they're really doing. And HA is great. Don't get me wrong. And, and, and topically, HA really does give you some surface moisture, but it's just surface moisture, um, which is important. But it's certainly not addressing that, that at least 50% loss. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And, you know, I, what you guys are doing is, is so unique. Um, and I do think it addresses something that I often talk about when I talk about HA. Um, you know, various HA serums is that, you know, it, it provides a nice temporary service level plumping effect, because that's what it does in normal delivery systems. Um, but you know, what what you guys are doing is radically different from that. And so it's, it's a reinvention of this ingredient that like, when I talk about it, normally, I kind of just talk about it. Yeah, you know, it'll pump you up for a little bit. And then that's it. But you know, what, what we're talking about here is different. It's a different is a different approach to HA, which provides something, like I said, radically different. You would also be surprised how many of the mild to moderate lines and wrinkles on your face are simply due to this lack of hydration for, with HA, that when you replenish it, a lot of those just disappear. You don't need to do anything more um, aggressive than that. It's pretty amazing. Totally agree. Um, so, you know, I, since I have you guys here and you guys, you know, do focus on innovation and newness and what's next, uh, I want to ask you, what excites you about, you know, what's coming? Do you have any things that pique your interest? Um, you know, uh, what, what areas uh, in the beauty industry are, are calling to you right now? Is there anything that you can share? I think we're we're tantalized by going after deeper lines and wrinkles on your face. We're we're um, we've done some recent studies with you know not just your face, but you should think about you know from the from your hairline down to your chest as areas where you should be p- applying. Um, all of our products. And we've just completed some additional studies on the neck and um, 
on decollete area that are uh, amazing results. Um, we think that, you know, you can go into other areas on your body. There are, you know, a lot of folks get age spots and, and noticeable aging on their hands. There are other places that um, people, people, people show signs of aging. And all of those are interesting to us. And, and we think that our technology will allow us to uh, provide some good good solutions. Okay, so going to different areas of the body. Uh huh. And and deeper the deeper lines and wrinkles. I don't know if the, I think many of the other things are a little too far out. <laughs> yeah, but but what I would say is yeah, but what I would say is you know Lorna is right. There's sort of a global application, if you will, like you know working on skin globally across your body. Um, is super interesting to us, right? Because that is also skin and it has the same needs. It might be thinner or thicker, but our technology certainly has a way to address it. So that's supremely exciting. Um, the second piece that I would say is, um, yes, like the profundity of these wrinkles, like being able to get at deeper, peskier is obviously very interesting to us globally across the body. And then the other thing I would say is, I and Lauren, I haven't even talked to you about this idea, but, you know, this morning I was getting ready and my, you know, I have every product on the planet. I am ourself all over everywhere. And what I realize is, and I'm using some of our newer products that we're not going to talk about on here, but I'm like, oh my God, I can do my total face and neck and decollete. And then I can detail areas. Like I've now been into this detailing of things that I want to do, whether it's like on my lip where, you know, everyone wants this Cupid's bow. Well, I sort of want it too. And I also have asymmetry in my lip and like detailing my lip with, where I'm applying our lip filler just extra in certain areas. And then I'm taking the HA product that we're using and what it's been doing to my eyelids is like change my relationship with eyeshadow, you know, and some newer products we might have around and so I just find that I'm like, I've got this all over solution. And then I can detail in the areas that where I would normally at my age and seeing what I'm seeing in the mirror would probably more likely be going to a derm to say, well, can you fill this? Can you say, and I, I just don't want to have to do that. And I don't feel like I need to. I love the concept of detailing. Um, that seems like it is ripe for like a TikTok trend. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that is, uh, I, I totally love that. I think that is like a great way to approach skincare in general. Um, so I think, <laughs> I think you've got a TikTok trend on your hands with that one. <laughs> Lauren, we'll have to work on some uh, TikTok content this afternoon, you and I. Let's take this show on the road. <laughs> Sorry to put some more work on your plate, but <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, I want to ask you guys this is kind of a fun question, but what is your beauty hot take? So this is something that is uh, an opinion that you hold strongly that maybe is counter to you know more mainstream opinion, um, and it doesn't even need to be in that spicy, but. I I like to see what you know people's people's hot takes might be. Does anybody have one? I'll I'll start with one. I don't know if it's a hot take, but it is my philosophy. Is I think exercise and skincare go hand in hand. I really, really do. And I don't necessarily mean like exercising your face, but I do feel like I do feel that my skincare works better when 
I've just done something that makes my body feel good, whatever that is. That could just be walking for me, it's running or whatever. But that like overall, like, you know, getting my blood flowing, you know, and, and, and getting oxygen into my skin and then using it with my skincare, I just do feel that it works better. So I don't know if that's a hot take, but that's one of the things I believe in. I love that take. I I very much agree with that. I mean, I think uh, circulation in the body is something that is like completely not talked about enough in the beauty industry and just how important, um, you know, keeping your circulation at is uh, just for our overall health, but certainly your skin health. Lauren, you got one for me? <laughs> well, I, you know, I... I, I think I mentioned at the top of that I don't really wear any makeup and I've never worn any makeup and I feel like maybe the industry's coming back around to me after all of this time because you see many more natural looks, right? And and it's it it's sort of the the latest thing is that good healthy skin is the new is the new makeup. And you know, I think just by serendipity, our products, especially that HA replenishing, allow, allow that, you know, the, the shine and, and whatnot of your skin to show through and that's enough. So, all right, I'll take them. Both good hot takes. Uh, the last section of my uh, podcast is I asked about how you guys take care of yourself. Um, obviously, this involves a beauty routine and skincare routine. Um, but I also like to ask about, you know, other wellness habits that you guys might have, uh, because it's all connected. And, you know, I just I love to hear about how people care for themselves. Um, whoever wants to start is more than welcome to. <laughs> I'm happy to start. Um, I mean, it's really going to be a continuation of just what I just said. I mean, um, my my true, you know, after my children and my husband, of course, my true love in life is exercise. Um, and I love, you know, when I was younger, I would say that exercise was like my path to vanity, for sure. Um, and not that that ever goes away, quite frankly, but um, it is my salvation, like, quite frankly, like, it's just I... I think better. I'm a better friend. Um, I'm a better employee. I'm just better with exercise. Um, and, and that can be anything. Um, but it is so, it's so important to who I am and to how I present myself every day. And, and I love to do lots of different things. And as I get older, um, I'm more actually obsessed with doing more, not like more intensity, but more things like, trying, you know, Lauren, Lauren's like an expert swimmer, but I'm now starting to figure out how to do the butterfly. Like when I was in my twenties, I couldn't do my, the butterfly, but like I can now do the butterfly and I'm pretty damn happy with myself. Um, and I'm trying more this morning. I did, I usually am like a four mile an hour runner, but I like made myself do like sprints today, you know? So I, I like these challenges that I'm giving myself, but it just, it's actually just a way to really focus my mind. And I'm just a nicer person after I work out. I would agree. I mean, for me, it's the same. I, you know, if I'm, um, I, I, t I tend to get like obsessed about one kind of exercise at a time, right? Whether it's like swimming or, um, 
or, you know, I did every one of those exercise fads that I was, you know, really, <laughs> um, hot yoga was my thing for, for a, lo- a really long time. But, um, and, and I know you asked this question about mental health and movement. And I would have said, uh, five years ago, I would have said that yoga did all of that for me. But, I'm now a grandparent, and now my grandchildren do the mental health thing for me over the top. So. <laughs> but but yoga's a nice second. <laughs> yeah. Lauren and I love to say before we have, if we're ever dealing with any issue, we always start with, what do we start with, Lauren? Take four deep ujjayi breaths. Ujjayi breaths. <laughs> do not say anything. <laughs> Yeah, when we're we're standing on the edge and calling each other, say you've got to talk me off the ledge here. Take four ujjayi breaths. <laughs> I'm stealing that, so <laughs> I think I need to do that every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, this was so fun. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Um, this was such a great episode. So informative. Um, and I, I I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to come and chat with me and, uh, and educate me on everything that you guys have been up to. It's, uh, it's really impressive. Oh, Alexandra, we are so thrilled. Honestly, I've been loving my invited grain since you guys started. And it's just a, a thrill for us to be here. And, and so much so that We'd love to just offer any of your, anyone listening, um, uh, for if you use the code MBG20, that'll give you 20% off um, anything on our site. So please, 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 um, any guest of Mind Body Green is a friend of ours. So we're super thrilled. And please visit us at ourself.com or um, on Instagram at ourselfskin. Amazing. And I will be sure to put the code in our show notes so everybody has easy access to it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at MindBuddyGreen, you can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com, follow us on social media, and of course, tune in to next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at Alex underscore Blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time.